Well guys, welcome to another T-Rex talk. Obviously, some things have been going on. And but nothing has happened. Th things are happening and they're not happening at the same time. Uh, we were up pretty late. I was up pretty late last night watching what was going on. And by about 2.30, obviously, nobody knew exactly what was going on. Uh, there's a lot of people in chat and on Instagram who are obviously lamenting that uh, the end is nigh and that you know everything's about to fall apart like tomorrow or in February. Uh, I've seen some people in chat saying it's over. Well, just want to remind you guys, it's not over until you're dead. So um, regardless of how bad or good things can get, as long as you are alive, there are always positive things that you can do to affect other people, affect your country, and we all have a duty to be doing that. Whether we are civilians, law enforcement, military, uh, nurses, doctors, whatever, you have an obligation to help your fellow man, regardless of what is going on politically and what is going on. So it's actually been kind of... Uh, depressing for me just seeing some of the reactions people are having on Instagram and obviously also in this chat who are just like I'm giving up on life and I'm like well you're alive so don't do that that's pretty stupid uh, go do work and do other things instead and try to better society and the fact of the matter is regardless of who you know wins in say a week or you know whenever they decide uh, there's going to be another election in four years now who knows how that's going to turn out you know maybe President Trump will run again if you know he doesn't get in or um, maybe, you know, there won't be another election because the uh, left is going to try some weird stuff. And at that point, obviously, there's going to be all sorts of new opportunities and things that we have to do. But I think a lot of I think a lot of people are ripping their hair out. And uh, I understand why. But um, that's not doing really any good for anyone. So don't do that. I won't do that either. We won't do that. No. So anyway, it's been it's been interesting. It's been an interesting couple of days. Um, I did not actually stay up that late because I did. I knew that nothing was going to happen Call of Duty anytime as well. soon. I had uh, Call of Duty on this screen and uh, Fox News and CNN and everything else on the other screen. And I was uh, slaying some bode, keeping my brain awake while also uh, listening to the news. That was after everyone left my house. Yes, we were all, after the party we were and, all uh, at, at Luke's house, which good conversation. was super fun. All the kids, super my super favorite super part fun. was when all the kids were on your couch. And uh, everybody grabbed controllers for your Xbox. And all the kids are sitting on the couch watching the big so map. Funny. And they're like, I just voted for, I just voted for Trump. What are you doing? And uh, I'm over there with the saw ready to go. <laughs> yeah, it was extremely cute because uh, none of the kids are old enough now to really know how video games work exactly or elections, just like the rest of the population. So... Watching so, them try to figure it out with the controllers was hilarious. So there's obviously a lot of comments in here, people theorizing like, hey, we got the Senate, they got the House, we'll get the House in two years, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, all good things to think about. But again, my question for everyone during this election is, we can speculate all we want, but what are you doing to actually change things or make a difference? Are you just a mouth breather? at your house talking about who's winning, who's not, end is nigh stuff, or are you actually going to try to do something about, you know, causing change, the kind of change that you would like? Are you going to start tomorrow? Are you going to start in two years? Are you going to start in four years? Why weren't you doing it the past four years? Why weren't you doing it eight years ago? I think there's a lot of people who like to sound smart by talking about outcomes, talking about how the election could have gone, should have gone, you know, what's going to happen. And I think the bigger question people need to be asking is, what are you going to do tomorrow? Tomorrow's Thursday. Obviously, today's almost over. But what are you going to do tomorrow to try to make a better America? Well, because and the other thing that's frustrating is so many people who are paying attention to only one office. There's a bunch of things that got voted oh, on yeah. last night. 
And obviously, the presidency is important, and there's a lot of reasons why the presidency is important, but there's so much stuff that happened locally that people are out of touch with, and there's so many things that you should have been doing locally if you weren't before, and there's so many things that you should be doing locally now. So uh, th this, there's a tendency to delegate authority and to delegate responsibility, and the biggest downfall of the United States over the last... Uh, 150 years for sure. And the biggest downfall of most countries is when they delegate more personal authority to the government. But um, we even do that in our government. There's a lot of low-level politicians that just delegate all the authority. Uh, well, they, they hang on to the authority as much as they can, but they delegate all the responsibility up so that everything becomes President Trump's fault. Um, it's true. Congress has stopped declaring war. They just let the president do it because it's a lot of responsibility. They don't want to be the ones to start. Even though the, con the Constitution says that Congress has to declare the war, we haven't declared a war since the Second World War. They just let the president do it, and then they complain about it. They try to push as much responsibility away as they can. So you should not do that. You should not elect local politicians who do that. You should not elect national politicians who do that. Um, that is an important principle. And one of the sad things about the way that we do politics these days, everyone gets incredibly focused on the executive branch. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, they don't. They just get focused on the one yeah. guy, the one guy that is sitting in the, in the Oval Office. I've seen, so I've seen some points that people have made that, I, let us say, Biden gets in. Let us say he goes to enact a bunch of stuff through executive orders and or through the House, gets to the Senate, gets you know stalemated or somehow gets through. Um, there's a whole other factor, which is, Law enforcement aren't a big fan of Biden, and there's obviously governors who aren't a big fan either. And it's possible that when you have such a clear, you know, opposing force over here, we may actually start seeing more people standing up to a presidency. I mean, we saw people standing up to, you know, uh, President Trump the past four years. So I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, if Biden gets in and he tries to enact some stuff, we start seeing governors and states going, you know what, we don't want the ATF in our state anymore. We're not going to allow your you know, Gestapo police to come into our state. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to be our own states. And honestly, that would probably be really good for the country. Um, having some clear opposition that actually force some of these issues and, um, you know, get sheriffs to start questioning just how much authority they have and what they mm -hmm. can actually do. Like sheriffs can actually kick the ATF out of their counties. And that's something that they haven't thought about or haven't needed to think about. But it might be something that starts coming to the table uh, the next four years. So I actually think there could be some good that comes out of some clear opposition and not this weird kind of like slowly, you know, uh, you know, culture changing, you know, for the worse, mm -hmm. but actually going here is a clear line of, you know, an entity or an administration that is trying to do X, Y, Z. And here's us over here. And it's much more clear than it being all close and kind of cold war. Yeah. Don't really know in the shadows, gray area. So. Honestly, there's a lot of opportunity in there uh, that I could see in the next, you know, year or two of gun companies, you know, the ATF, FFL stuff getting called into question. You know, can states just do all that themselves and skip the ATF? Um, mm. I think they it's going to be I think it's going to be pretty interesting if that happens. And I honestly have hope for some of that stuff. I know some people are like, ah, oh, the cops are just going to, you know, they're just going to do what they're paid to do. And it's like, well, yes, but no, in some cases they're not. There's You're actually going to of... see chiefs saying, no, we saw that, you know, in the past. Uh, we saw that with the red flag laws, a uh, number of chiefs standing up going, we're not doing it, even though technically we're allowed to in this state, uh, we're not going to do it. And I think we're going to see a lot of that if 
Biden actually wins uh, over the next four years. And, and I would say, I would say, regardless, stuff. some of yeah. that stuff is happening. Well, we're seeing states, we're seeing blue states push back against federal law with things like marijuana ban or marijuana legalization. Federally, they're not allowed to do that. At the yeah. state level, they are um, disobeying those bans. That's a good precedent, even though it's blue states that are doing it. And I think we're going to see more of that. And we've seen a lot of stuff come to a head. The other thing that was really fascinating to see in the last few days of the election, the amount of censorship that existed and the amount of censorship that happened normally uh, you'd think would be very effective at hiding yeah. stuff. But it was so blatant and so obvious that it actually was talked about oh, pretty widely. The funny thing is last night, President, one of the president's tree, uh President Trump's tweets got uh, censored, and I actually believe he got more press out of that tweet being censored <laughs> and screenshotted than he would have had it just going through like normal. So, kind of funny it's, how that works. The Alex there's there's a bunch of stuff that is coming to a head, regardless of who is in the Oval Office. There's a bunch of stuff that is coming to a head, and it's very fascinating to see that. Um, and so, let's talk about T Rex for just a second. Oh, fun. Uh, we had a meeting earlier. One of the things we were trying to do is simplify and streamline a bunch of our productions because there's basically three eventualities. One, Donald Trump wins the presidency in a landslide, in which case people stop buying guns and ammo for like 30 seconds. But then there's riots that break out and then they start buying guns and ammo and holsters again. So we are super busy. The other possibility is that Biden wins. People are worried about gun bans. So they start so buying point, guns possibly. and ammo and holsters and we're super busy. Third option is... There's deadlock. Neither side concedes. Nancy Pelosi takes control because she is in control of the House. Probably things worse. drag on. The uncertainty makes everyone incredibly anxious. They, want they to buy, buy guns and ammo, and we're incredibly busy. So regardless of what happens, we're planning for uh, yeah, being very busy making stuff. And one of the things that we're doing is we're trying to streamline production yep. so we can make stuff faster for you guys. Even though we're, we may have to uh, simplify a couple of things. Like there's a couple of customizations that you used to be able to get on your holsters that you may not be able to get in the future. It's only going to affect a tiny percent of you, but it'll mean that holsters get made faster. Um, so yeah, so that's one of the things that we have been talking about quite a bit is how we survive Black Friday and the increased sales uh, that are going to come as a result of this election. Or... It's pretty wild. The result of the uncertainty from having an election but no result. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my uh, one of my predictions is if President Trump gets it, there's riots and whatnot. But I I would believe that firearm sales and ammo will actually come back sooner, um, even with riots and unrest, because then people will know. Okay, I've got four years of my stuff not getting banned. That's so, an assumption, but it's an the assumption. assumption people will make. Um, and so I think that you know that could happen. If uh, Biden gets it, then yeah, guns and ammo will be gone for uh, probably a while, even if they don't get in and like push a gun control bill, which they probably wouldn't go in and try to do that right away. They're probably going to do other stuff while they're in. It's probably not going to happen for possibly at least a year, if not more. Um, but there's going to be that year or so of, well, when's the executive order going to drop that they're going to ban you know, assault rifles? When is that $200 tax stamp on every magazine going to go into effect? When? And so during that uncertainty, obviously people are going to go and buy everything. But the fact of the matter is people are missing this point. Let us say an assault weapons ban goes through either, you know, in the next two years or 10 years or whatever. 
There are so many guns in America and there's so many people that won't turn in guns. It would just nothing would really happen if they banned guns tomorrow. Like they could go after a few people. It would force a massive it would and long overdue discussion. It would force a discussion. It would change how guns are sold. But there are hundreds of millions of guns and people aren't just going to go turn them in. And most apartments out there won't even take them. They won't care. Which is which in Especially a way is great because it will force departments to actually think about where the line is drawn. Which will be great. They haven't thought about that in the past. Area. The downside is there's a ton of departments where they're going to decide the line is wherever the DOJ decides the line is. Yep. And they will come and take stuff away. So don't misconstrue what we're saying. We're not saying that nothing bad will happen. Bad stuff will happen. Bad stuff will happen. Either way. The, uh, the Democrats do want to take your guns. They will try to take your guns. There are so many guns that are out there, it's going to be extremely messy. We're not saying that it's not going to be messy. Uh, we're not saying that it's not going to try to happen. But it's not like... It's going it, to be, it be way complicated. It won't be an overnight, like, you know, you wake up and the world is monochrome and it's like... Uh, uh, what's that movie with, um, what's his name in it? With Spider-Man? Uh, the Book of Eli. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and it's Book <laughs> of Eli and it's like, whoa, everything's gray and pale and I got a machete on my back. Like, no, it's it's not going to be overnight. It's going to be months and months and months of uh, just weird stuff and some of which you'll be able to foresee, some of it you'll be able to plan for it, some of it you're not going to be able to plan for, but it's not going to be an overnight thing. If he passed an executive be order prepared. the first week in office, uh, guns wouldn't start getting taken the next day. The amount of logistics and support that has to go into, you know, getting departments mobilized to actually go door yeah. to door, like that's a lot of time. That's a lot of effort. It's a lot of logistics. I mean, there's, there's, there's no way I know people run studies on it. Like how, how much manpower would actually be needed to go door to door at, you know, in every American home and take their guns a lot. Like and there's there, there 20 million manpower. new concealed carry permits this year. And I'm not saying that that means there won't be tyranny and there won't sure. be no-knock raids and there won't be confiscations and there won't be blood shed over this. There will be, but be encouraged that Please there will quiet. also be some pushback. Now, quiet, Charles. Uh, you're not very quiet. I'll be louder. Now, I want to address a couple questions real quick. Somebody said, you don't care about 2A, you only care about business, probably because we were talking about how busy we were going to be. No, the reason that we're in this business is because we care about the two-way. We're trying to get Absolutely. as much equipment out to the people as possible before things get things. messy. It gets harder to ban things yeah. when there's a lot of things out there. Um, somebody pointing out uh, they're going to go after guns and religion at the same time. Yes. No, this is actually a really important point. I don't actually foresee us uh, getting in trouble for having guns in the future. If you read terrible things about me, if I go to jail, it's not because I owned a gun. They're going to concoct something like they're going to find a Bible on my shelf. Won't take a lot of looking. They'll find a Bible on my shelf and they'll be like, he had hate literature they'll look in through his your house. social media and they'll say something. Yeah, that's what most people are going to get in trouble for. That's honestly what, uh, what happened with Waco. All of the warrants that the ATF were, were following up on had to do with firearm stuff. They didn't talk about that in the news. In the news, they talked about religious cult stuff. Um, that's the way that a lot of this stuff is going to go. The nice thing, in some ways, the nice thing about having a really hardcore uh, Biden assault weapon ban is it actually forces the conversation to be a little bit more about the guns because it's going to be wide and sweeping if it's anything like uh, uh, he's promised. Also, on the whole T-Rex isn't pro two-way, uh, we don't sell stuff to states, to law enforcement, if citizens can't own the same. 
Uh, I know we uh, upset some cops in California a while back because they were writing to us about buying magazines. And we were like, sorry, uh, we can't ship these magazines to regular folks there. Uh, we're not shipping them to you. Made them upset. But that's something we've stood by since the beginning, and we will continue to do so. So, um, But you're right. We aren't pro two-way. We just, we're just yeah. in it for the money. I should just go collect every sponsor that I can get. Every gun company I can get, like all the other folks out there. There's a bunch of people saying, just anyway. stop saying you're going to get in trouble for having a Bible. That can't possibly happen. Yeah, it, uh, it's happened in a whole bunch of countries. Yeah, a whole it's happened bunch before. Of history. If you, so <laughs> I think some a good homework assignment for folks in here would be go look at uh, European countries and study. You know, they obviously most of them don't have guns. Most of them have lost guns. There's a bunch of Europeans in here saying, yo, yeah, you guys are going to lose your guns now. Like, you're happy about it, probably because you don't have guns and you're jealous. Um, but if you look at European countries, they're probably 10, 20 years ahead of where we are as far as, you know, police state stuff and as far as politics, as far as suppression of religion and different things like that. Uh, banning homeschooling, you know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff over there. Oh, there's a huge backlash against homeschooling right now. Oh, yeah. So you know why? Uh, what, COVID? <laughs> well, because the COVID lockdowns, like there's a lot of people in America that do not believe that COVID is quite as big a deal as the government says. Government employees believe that it's as big a deal as the government says. So teachers unions are trying to keep schools shut way, way, way down so they don't for way, way, way longer. I didn't say that. Um, uh, I know they're doing the whole Zoom call thing. And then, uh, yeah, so a bunch of people have started homeschooling. Uh, private yeah. school... Um, private school uh, enlistment. It's not called enlistment. What's it called when you enroll? <laughs> private school enlistment are way way enlist in the schools. Enlist into but, the home. But yeah, ranks. I think I think it would do people very well to study some of these other countries and see yeah. what happened there to get them to this point. And something that I talk about pretty often on my Instagram lives is. As soon as you have a freedom you don't think you need and you get rid of it, it's uh, very hard to get it back. And I've had people in Europe message me. I get people from Europe messaging me pretty much every day on Instagram saying, don't take your freedoms for granted. If you give them up, you're never getting them back. And they're not wrong. We're not getting machine guns back, probably at least not until there's a reconstruction of our country or something. We're not probably getting suppressors back. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we're not going to get back because people back in the 80s and way back before then were like, you know what, we don't need this thing, let's get rid of it. Um, that's generally how it went. So I think people in here uh, start looking at some of the countries in Europe, seeing what's going on there. And they're probably about 20 years, depending on what country it is, ahead of where we're at. And uh, then ask yourself, is that what you want? Is, do you want America looking like that? Um, mm -hmm. as far as those policies and restrictions of freedom and not having weapons and things like that. So um, I think a lot of people lack perspective. They like to think that America is the only, like, the only thing that exists is America. And it's like, no, you can learn all this stuff that can happen to our country, could happen to our country by studying other countries. Because yeah. if you look at a globe, like, I'm, I'm sorry to, like, break this to you. Uh, America, you know, is not the only thing on it. Like, if you start turning it, there'd be other countries on the globe. So uh, maybe look at those and see what's going on, develop some perspective so that, one, you're more grateful for what we have here. Because the fact of the matter is, is bad as America is, or as bad as you think it may be, uh, we actually have it really good here. Um, you're literally in your house right now on your couch uh, watching Isaac and I talk about stuff. You're not in a cave being persecuted. You're not, you know, getting strung up and lynched or whatever. Like you're literally on your couch in your house after work and you're watching us through a screen with high speed internet most likely and 
I think a lot of people are pretty ungrateful for that or aren't ungrateful for even running water. Uh, one of the best experiences that I had, I was 19, we uh, went to Africa for some stuff. And when I came back from Africa, we were in South Sudan, I had a lot more gratefulness for what our country has to offer. Um, Obama was currently the president then, and uh, America was still a, a pretty good place, um, all things considered with what was going yeah. on politically. We had running water, electricity, internet. I was able to start my business a year later, uh, have freedom to do that. In a lot of countries, starting a business is really hard. There's a lot more paperwork and taxes and stuff. I also get messages from people about that, like, yeah, I can't really start a business where I live because of X, Y, Z, and I'm like, wow, that's, that's a pretty big infringement on your freedoms. So. I just think a lot of people um, are just taking for granted what they currently have in the yeah. situation that we're in. I mean, America's pretty awesome right now, regardless of even if Biden wins. And Biden is the president starting January. America will still be pretty awesome. Um, there will be obviously a slow descent, most likely, into what whatnot, but um, there's still a lot you can do. And I think too yeah. many people are pulling their hair out and sprinkling ashes and wanting to curl up into a ball and wait for the PS5 to come out. And like that's you know it's really not that effective yeah. or beneficial to anyone. And one of the problems yourself. that we have today, in general, especially on the internet, is people want these harsh black and white things where it's like either America is freedom and it's great and it's awesome and it's Trump and it's eagles and it's everything, or it is the opposite of that. Um, people there think, can people be, think we're Biden supporters. There can be <laughs> tremendous freedom in America because there is compared to the rest of the world and incredible corruption and tyranny at the same time. We have tremendous freedoms, but our freedoms are also being incredibly infringed upon at the same time. It is true. Um, there are a lot of people in the United States with a lot of different opinions and views. And uh, it's very important that we actually have a standard and not let your standard just be whatever the Republican Party says or whatever the Democratic Party says. So, yeah, do people think we're Biden supporters? I, I, I guess because we're not here, like, calling him an alien or a lizard or something, we're supporting, I don't know. People have weird logic it's these days. Wrinkly to be yeah, they're like, because they're not outspoken, they must love him. Well. I think it's hilarious. That's probably. All right. I mean, we're a Second Amendment company, so. I don't know. Apparently people come to their own conclusions okay. somehow with their own weird logic. I don't know. It's fine. We'll but there's also a lot of people in here who probably don't even know who we are. Uh, we currently have 6.3 thousand in the chat. Good heavens. Uh, there's probably That's quite a few I people in here who don't know up. who we are. Uh, well, I shoot guns for a living. Uh, Isaac designs things for guns for a living. Um, so, yeah, take that as you will. Use that information and, yeah. What would the Founding Fathers do? The Founding Fathers would go back to the Bible because that's what they did when they were in a True. similar situation. That's one of the things that I really hope happens is that the church gets serious about stuff because most of the problems in the country right now, I would say we can, we can pretty easily trace back to the church being wimpy and weird. Um, that is uh, something that Remember I that? am... Oh, oh. Can you guys still hear us, though? I'll yeah. bet you they can still hear uh, us. Guys, the, ca the cam <laughs> camera's down. He, Charles is fixing it, but we will keep talking. This is true podcast form. There's a bunch um, of people who are going to be like, censorship, Google turned off their camera. No. I mean, I'm surprised you haven't been censored yet, to be perfectly honest. Let me talk about that for a second. It is fascinating to me <laughs> that, like I said earlier, there's been a lot of censorship, but... Um, there were also a bunch of things that people thought were censorship yesterday, which I don't think were. YouTube had some major issues, probably because everybody on the face of the earth was using YouTube to watch the American elections. Uh, BitChute disappeared for a while, but it was a really short amount of time. And I think if they were actually being slammed 
uh, it would have been more permabanned. So uh, that being said, a whole bunch of my favorite open source intelligence accounts on Twitter and Instagram disappeared. And some of them actually disappeared the day before because... Freud. Do you remember, are we allowed to talk about this on YouTube? Uh, in Vienna, Let's do it. there were some Let's people who did a thing. Um, because of religious motivations, they killed a whole bunch of people. It actually wasn't that many. It wasn't. They're not, they it would be that fascinating to, to do an after-action report on the response. Uh, it, was, it was far less devastating than the Mumbai shootings, which they were trying to emulate. But there were a ton of uh, people commenting on these... Uh, these Islamic guys that were shooting people around Vienna at multiple locations. And that was an excuse that Twitter and Instagram used to shut down a bunch of accounts because they were either A, uh, Islamophobic, or B, posting violence, uh, violent content, uh -huh. other which is allowed, even though the violence was being done by the Islamic people, but pointing that out as Islamophobic. So they were allowed to a bunch of say uh, people do violent things. Yeah, a bunch of talk about journalists it. were shut down uh, the day before the election, and then a bunch of journalists have been shut down during, and a bunch of hmm. uh, journalist accounts have been shut down after. I'm sure we'll get shut down stuff. Uh, it's actually hilarious to me how many people were posting some of the shenanigans that were happening in Philadelphia, and uh, they got fat checked. By the district. Yeah, the camera's down again. Oh, uh, maybe it is Google turning off our camera. It's overheating. Oh, it's overheating. That's good fun. Uh, oh. I was about to say something, and then the camera fried, and my ADD won't I just, allow it. I just think it's funny that the district attorney of Philadelphia, who is a Democrat, uh -huh. is allowed to fact check people saying that the Democrats are up to no good in Philadelphia. It's like, oh, this was fact check false. Do you mean Pennsylvania? Do you mean Pennsylvania or Philadelphia? Philadelphia. Okay, okay. I know there's stuff in Pennsylvania going on right now. Yeah. I actually haven't checked the news the past few hours. I went to zero some guns and I actually haven't seen what's happened the past three hours. I assume it's the same old, same old right now. But who knows? But yeah, there's a lot of lot of uh, comments in here. Politics definitely is the the talking factor uh, it's nowadays. It's people up like crazy. I wonder, Charles, if we should switch to 1080p. Would that eat the camera less? It would. Uh, it would overheat less. Oh. Uh, I have a uh, a video that I'm the working on writing right now on the future of night vision, and one of the really important factors for the future of night vision is cameras yeah. that don't overheat. I know. Just a limit to what. So I do. see people in here. I, 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 you know, I'm not always the brightest, but people in here are saying like Trump 2020, Biden 2020. Um, <laughs> Hasn't the boat already ended? Like, I mean, I guess you're you're you want someone to win, well, but you're not you're really advertising, states. you know, anymore for voting. Oh, in some states, if well, you're in certain states, you can keep voting. I, I mean, I suppose so. your your supervisor will tell you how many mail-in ballots are needed <laughs> uh, to scale, and then you go in the basement and you start filling them out. It, it's true. It's true. I just think it's funny. People are still. <laughs> uh, it's like they're still um, marketing for the voting, and I'm like, well, it's, it's over. You know, I just, I just yeah. think it's funny. So anyway, but I will say guys, so I am actually probably going to run soon because I am working on a product launch for actually a few products that are sorely needed in times such as these. And we're trying to get those out as soon as possible um, for you guys because it is something that uh, it is hard to buy these days. Um, there's obviously all sorts of manufacturing issues going on. And so there's a few products in a few different areas that we are trying to get out there. And due to manufacturing COVID stuff, we haven't been able to do it uh, recently, but we are nearing the end. So I'm actually in the process of filming, editing uh, with the guys 
uh, producing the content for those, explaining how it works, what it's for, and uh, we're actually filming tonight. Uh, after this live, Charles is going to bring uh, a bunch of this gear to the range. I'm going to head over there pretty soon here, load up all my uh, night vision and other stuff, and we're going to get that out for you guys. So if you guys want to you know, keep tabs on when those drop, uh, definitely don't, subscribe don't. to the newsletter on our website and check our website. Thought you were gonna leak something there. <sighs> it's close. It was close, but no, I didn't. But uh, yes. So, yeah. I am. I am busy on election week. Uh, where that's actually this is a weird month for sure. So anyway, it's been a weird month. Going on. I'm excited though about these. There's months. a ton of stuff that so good. is uh, good to be working on right now, and uh, I would say regardless of who is in the Oval Office, there's a ton of work that needs to be done in your local communities ton of work that needs to be done in federal uh get your comms set up get your comms set up that's not he's done politics. he's done things about them no but comms with people i mean yeah. here's the thing establish okay. comms i will say this is something that people need to do I, we just both are just like aiming at the camera uh definitely talk to and meet your local sheriff yeah. if you can absolutely take your take your bros take your little group of shooter friends or whatever you're just your 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 buddies and go talk to your sheriff and ask him what's going on um, generally speaking, they will uh, take an audience, um, and you know, because you're obviously a, cons a constituent of uh, you know where they are. A lot of people feel like law enforcement is entity that you cannot talk to or bother. Like, no, if it's a if it's an elected position, like you can go and talk to them. So, like, we've met with our sheriff, uh, we've talked to our chief of police, we've talked. You know, they've been out here before. They've talked to us. They've responded to the alarm. They've talked to me at my range. Like, we know the law enforcement in this county and i think that would be very advantageous for citizens to have direct content contact yeah, uh, with law sure. enforcement especially you know if law enforcement know like oh we are actively being held accountable by the people uh, not just by criminals when we roll up on a 911 call um, so i really mm -hmm. think that the community needs to be talking to law enforcement and reminding them like hey we're here the law abiding and we just want to check in on you guys uh, we're holding you guys accountable uh, we're here to help if there's a legitimate need or you know something crazy happens and maybe manpower is needed for uh, some lawful activity to resist lawlessness and I just think there's not enough people having direct lines of communication to law enforcement yeah. um, and maybe you should have direct lines of communication if they're corrupt so you kind of know what's going on or maybe you just know who the players are um, but I don't see people doing that they're like I ah, know I'm gonna go like hide in my you know my little area with my boog boys and I'm not gonna you know, have comms or intelligence with anyone in the outside world, and that's stupid. Yeah. It's big dumb. You definitely need to be involved in your community. Intelligent. I was going to say, when when we say build comms, too many of us think about, oh, that just means buy radios and headsets. Yeah, radios Figure and, out how to... and towers and stuff, body armor, yeah. But you got to build your communications network around who you're communicating with. You need to meet your neighbors and start doing that right now. That is an extremely important thing. Are you unplugging your... I am. Let me turn off your mic for... It's late. I mean... That's the loud way to do it. So anyway, can I plug it back in? Uh, wait for David to hook it up. Okay. Well, That's guys, loud. I'm gonna go. I'll see you around. I'm gonna go. You know. Don't I'm forget. Do don't forget to make sure that you show, like. Oh. Nope. Don't show that. Yeah. No, I can't show this one. I can show everything. Okay. Yeah, make sure that care. you cover the thing when, you, and uh, the, you the, show how the. The thing and the stuffs. Yeah. I'll show the thing and the stuffs. Yes. All right. Well, David Vodkin will be coming in and we'll be talking more about stuff. 
Uh, there's a bunch of people saying Lucas should run for office in 2024. Somebody said I should run for office in 2004. That's, yeah, that sounds like more fun. 2040, that is too far away. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I think that is really interesting, Lucas is like 12. He can't run in 2024. Oh, there's some, there's some offices you can run for when you're super young, like Lucas is. If you want to put on this microphone, you can get all set. Will you set up business in Europe? There's a bunch of reasons we probably won't set up business in Europe. One is uh, it's, Europe. it's Europe. Now, there's a bunch of people that do put their corporate offices in like Ireland for tax reasons, but uh, we're not the kind of company that is able to do that. We're not, a, we're not an Apple or a Google or I an think, Amazon. I think so. Google does the double Irish. The double Irish? Yeah, the double Irish. Riding on the Celtic tiger. No, we're going to stay right here for now. Um, can you hear me? Check, check, check. Can you hear me? Yep. Maybe? Yes? Okay. All right. Good. Yeah, I think, I think Google does the double Irish. Which yeah. is kind of All right, so a bunch of people talking about specific holsters that they want, a bunch of people just saying F in the chat. Uh, occasionally the, the camera, camera turns overheats. off. It's okay. It's fine. Yep. It's not a problem. Maybe if we poured this rain, oh, it's empty. What's your interest in InfoSec? Oh, my interest in InfoSec is trying to maintain my own privacy. Yeah, but we have, this weird, we have this weird problem where, you know, there's, these, there's all these people on the internet like, don't tell anyone you have a gun. Don't put a bumper sticker of a gun on your car or anything like that. And we're like, we're kind of past that. You know, we have this company that employs, you know, 60-something people, and everyone in the community knows that we're the T-Rex people and have the guns and... Yeah. Like, we're kind of in this weird compromise position where, I mean, it's not exactly compromise. It's just, it's it, our, our personal firearms owning and public relations ex experience is different than other people's is. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as InfoSec, um, yeah, you should think about how to protect your data and what you put yes. online. There's a, I should put some resources together for that because that would be a really useful thing. And we are still doing that to some level. So for example, I recently bought a new car, well, a, a very used car, but it's new to me. And I'm not gonna post pictures of it because I don't want you guys to know what it looks like. <laughs> um, but I did wanna use the car for an analogy. Um, my car has a super uh, fancy, or mid to late, uh, yeah, mid, or, uh, it's, I don't want to get too specific. It has a terrible infotainment system. It has a touchscreen. It's one of the first ones with a touchscreen. It looks super fancy, except for the fact that it's just the worst. But the good news is the car doesn't depend on the infotainment system, so the fact that it's terrible doesn't really matter. It doesn't affect the way that I want to use the car. It doesn't affect the car at a functional level or a um, structural level. It just means that it's a garbage infotainment system. I think that we have forgotten the limits of government. So as people are talking about this election, they're making the office of the president out to be this incredibly, overwhelmingly overpowered thing. Um, and that's not just true of the presidency, that's true of a lot of federal hmm. elected officials. They have taken so much power for themselves that when we get a bad politician, which, let's be honest, it's 99.9% .9 of the time over the last 200 years, Yep. Um, when that happens in a system that is overpowered, that doesn't have sufficient limits on it, they're able to do things that they shouldn't do. The solution is not to build or rig the election system so we don't get bad politicians in there, although that would be nice. 
the system should be that the government is so small right. and has such a limited amount of authority and such limited jurisdiction that if a bad guy sneaks in there, there's not a whole lot that he can do. So a good example of this would be AOC. AOC is clueless when it comes to almost everything. She's especially clueless when it comes to business. And a bunch of people are annoyed by the fact that she is micromanaging business in the United States. Um, but that's not necessarily her fault. Uh, well, it kind of is. But the biggest issue is not so much that someone like uh, AOC can get elected and know nothing about business and micromanage the businesses. It's that that is something that we have allowed Congress to do. We have allowed Congress to micromanage businesses because we've given them authority that they really should not have. Um, if our system, if our federal government was as big as it is supposed to be, which is not big, then uh, be a lot less problematic when folks like that show up. Oh, I saw an interesting figure the other day. So right. Joe Biden uh, is collecting like 140% of most of the ballots in a lot of the places. Um, but another really interesting percentage, and this one is actually true. Uh, <laughs> well, that was actually reported. Uh, this morning I was browsing around re doing some research. Uh, and uh, on the Pennsylvania Board of Elections or whatever, they had this report on you know, you know counties or cities or whatever and reported ballots. And Philadelphia ha had counted 144% of the mail-in ballots. Which is quite good, considering we're still waiting on a lot of yeah, they were, ballots to get counted. Like so. Most of yeah. the other areas were only at 60 or 70 percent, so being at 144 was doing really it's good. It's winning, so much winning. But, yes. uh, but Joe Biden has, this is, this is a true fact, um, Joe Biden has been in office in the American government for 20 percent of the entire American government's life. He's been in office for 47 years. He's been an elected official or an appointed official. Uh, that's kind of amazing to me. That's 20% uh, of the history of America. It's, it's a little more if you count it from, yeah. from when the Constitution was ratified. It's like 19.5% if you started at 76. But yeah, he's been in office for 20% of America's history. But yeah. uh, he's, he's only so now going to start fixing stuff if we elect him president. Well, so. I, I love this quote. Um, what was it? He threw, he threw Obama under the bus. He was like, well, I was only vice president then. Trump was pushing him on something. Was like, I was only vice president then. That's yeah. why that didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting stuff. Lots of people are talking about um, executive orders. Um, oh, we got a lot of executive orders coming, regardless of who gets in. Yeah, probably. And, you know, I've actually never gone and researched what the limits of a president's executive orders are. Because um, they do I, have limits. They, they, yeah, it's not unlimited. Mm -hmm. Now, they might behave like they're unlimited. Um, Constitutionally speaking, and I forget yeah. the numbers now, I should have looked this up before the stream, but I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but the three branches of government have very explicit limits placed upon their jurisdictions. They have only so many powers. Um, and uh, yeah, the power of the executive branch to issue executive orders exists. It's a thing. But what those executive orders can actually do is limited. And we've actually seen this year a bunch of executives in states uh, have uh, their executive orders shot down. So Governor Whitmer up in Michigan is a good example of this. She had lockdown orders and quarantine orders and things that she had pushed that uh, the Supreme Court of her state struck down as being unconstitutional. They were outside of the scope of her authority. And she said, well, can I just uh, do it anyway? And... Uh, they said no, and she said, well, can I do it for the next 30 days? And they said no, and uh, yeah. Then she said she was going to do other stuff 
uh, anyway. So this is, and this is an interesting point. People will decry the uh, Bill of Rights and the Constitution for not doing a good enough job of stopping stuff from getting bigger. If people are not going to obey the limitations, then it's really not the piece of paper's fault. It is literally just yeah. a piece of paper. I mean, so. we're, at a, we're at a place where, you know, as being in the firearms industry, you know, we care a lot about the Second Amendment. Um, and everyone's talking about all this stuff and the rules and question, you know, asking what the rules are. But like a lot of these politicians, almost all of them have completely blown off the simple literal meaning of the Second Amendment. Like yeah. what part of shall not be infringed do they not understand? Um, so, yeah. But, but practically speaking, when we, when we look back on presidential executive orders, you know, they have been used, they, they, as I understand it, they've been overused. Um, that's my understanding. Um, but they haven't been used to do everything under the sun. You know, like when Trump wanted to ban bump stocks, he didn't use a, an executive order per se to do that, uh, but he did direct the BATF, as I understand it, to reevaluate them, and then, and then the BATF were the ones that said, nope, actually, these are machine guns now. So, Which is not better. No, it's from not From a limited government Maybe perspective. Maybe if we get Biden, we'll get bump stocks back. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, one way or another, I think yes, very likely, but yeah, that's not on his to-do list. <laughs> okay. No, no, I know, I know. Uh, uh, yeah. What other questions we got going here? Oh, there's a bunch of random people in here. I think that there's fewer people now that Lucas has left because we're the boring ones. But one of the things yeah, that is really fascinating right to watch over the course of this is the the commentary. Who who was it? Which which publication was it that said that in a democracy, it's the job of the journalists to declare the winner? Yeah, uh, that was the New York Times. Yeah, Somebody they, at they the did New York have Times. To, yeah, it was on their Twitter, their tweeting account. I hope that guy's fired, but I doubt he is. He just, yeah, it was, it was they had to fun. issue an apology. But uh, <laughs> it was like, it's, the me it's the media's job to declare the winner of the election. Yeah, see, this is the sort of thing where that is clearly not the case. But if people go along with that, then that becomes the way that people do things. The fact that the Constitution does not say in it that it's the New York Times' job to declare the winner, that doesn't matter if the people are just going to listen to the New York Times. People have to be prepared to stand up and resist stuff like that. And that is a pretty easy tweet to resist. Um, and I think that that's a tweet that uh, the president would help you resist. But you got to be able to stand up and actually push back against stuff like that. You have, right. you have to be able to push back against um, a unconstitutional executive order from the president and stand up and push back against uh, really egregious, unconstitutional stuff that the ATF is doing. Not to mention just the yeah. existence of the ATF is a pretty egregious, unconstitutional thing. Yeah. Just on its face. So I've been watching a lot of the comments here and, and, and well, I've been watching the comments for a little while, and a lot of the ones I have seen have been saying, um, you know, oh, here goes all our gun rights. They're all going to go away. And I've been reading gun forums for years, and I've been seeing these sorts of comments for years and years and years. And that's what everyone thought when Obama got in. And um, the interesting thing is, like, we saw some really good pushes for gun control uh, on the part of the Obama administration. And it never really, as I understand it, even came that close to winning. Um, they all died pretty miserable deaths. Um, and I, I think that's a fact that a lot of people forget. 
Uh, I will say some things are different now. Yeah, some things are different. There's a bunch more hardcore progressives that are at the wheel. There's a bunch of yes. AOC types that, that are screaming really loud, and that is different than even six years ago. But, so in 2008, when Obama took uh, the presidency, right? Yeah, right? Yes. So uh, he... Sorry. yes. I'm, I'm so spaced right now. Um, the AR, like, that's, I started buying guns fairly frequently in early 2008, so before the election. That's when I bought my first two ARs, and my first, we both got Glock 23s at that time, and we hadn't converted to the 9mm Master Race. Um, but <clears throat> at that time, ARs were uh, a pretty rare type of gun. I mean, they, they were available. There were a number of manufacturers. Um, but there, it wasn't America's rifle. If you went to like, a, if you looked in a catalog, there were a couple ARs. There were a good number of, there were a fair number of AKs. AKs were a lot cheaper than back then. ARs started at 700 bucks, and AKs started at like 350 or 400 bucks. Um, so that's reversed, <clears throat> interestingly. But ARs were not this rifle that just everybody owned. Um, and then Obama got elected, and I coordinated a group buy. Uh, with some people I knew, and people that had never been interested in owning an AR before or had very nominal interest, we got together a group by and we got like 20 AR lowers for our little group of people. Um, I've seen this throughout the whole time. These, That's these just things, increased. Yeah. yeah, these these people were pushed into owning a new kind of thing that they didn't really care that much about before, but once the prospect of it being lost was was on the horizon, Suddenly they were on board. Suddenly they, they joined this group of people that owned ARs. And what's happened is, I mean, how, does anybody even know how many ARs have been sold? How many assault weapons are out there now? Oh, man. It's, it's well, so like, well, yeah. first of all, I'll answer the question. I know it's rhetorical, but the answer yeah. is no. Nobody actually knows for certain. Right. There's some people that have a pretty good estimate, but there's no way to actually know that, which is a fantastic thing. Correct. But... It's a lot. It is a ton. It's way higher than any estimates that you see in any of the newspapers by a bunch. And there's a couple of reasons why I believe yeah. that it's higher by a bunch. But oh, carry on. So I did some math years. It was years ago now. But I came up with you know, collecting known data and um, extrapolating some stuff. You know, at that, I think this was like 10 years ago. It was like there's probably at least 15 million assault weapons. You know, maybe 20 million. You know, when you add in like FALs. Mini 14s. Yes. Um, I think I counted SKSs at the time. Some of these numbers are available. You know, we know how many this company produced to this. But the ARs are the big question mark because you have so many manufacturers. Anybody can make them. Yeah. So, so that, yes, we have all these additional progressives now. But we have all these guys now that have, and girls that have ARs. Um, there's so many more people that have carry permits. Like It's like 20 million extra carry permit people so this like, year. And that is even with a whole bunch of carry permit registrations being shut down for the bulk of the year. So we have and artificially low numbers that should be higher than 20 million extra people. And the other thing that has that, that keeps the number of carry permits lower than it otherwise would be is the fact that we have like 16 states now that have constitutional carry. Yes. And so the, the, like in, um, I think in 2008, there were just maybe a half a dozen maybe, uh, mm -hmm. with constitutional carry. It was probably not even that. There were still states that were no issue. Like Illinois back then was still no issue. Um, D.C. was still no issue. Uh, I think 
Um, Iowa did, I think maybe Iowa was still no issue. So we've seen a, a significant legal change um, since 2008 where a lot of things have actually gotten better. You know, we had no carry in federal parks back then. That actually changed under Obama for the better. I'm not an Obama fan, lest anyone call me. No, there's a bunch We're of people not... in here who was just like, if something good happened while Obama was in office and, and you noticed it, you are now a fan. If something like, bad happened will, while somebody else was on this particular clearly, season of television? Clearly, the fact that I just said that the, the, the Kerry thing happened under Obama and the bump stock thing happened under Trump means I'm pro-Obama. I'm a liberal, uh, which is not the case. Yeah. So <clears throat> it just means that you know I'm capable of having an independent thought of my own, which is what everyone should be. But yes. so. I'm actually not super concerned because we've I've I've been through this and I've watched this for a while. And my dad was actually he was involved with gun gun owners of America way back in the day. And so we were watching the gun gun rights fight back then. And uh, so in 1994 they had the assault weapons ban, and they went after specific features, which is actually a really interesting look into the gun grabber mindset. Like they banned bayonet lugs, um, things like that under the AWB. Uh, ban, but it was only a 10-year ban. It sunsetted in 2004, and so suddenly you could buy um, an AR with all the features, like a flash hider and a bayonet lug and a pistol grip. And um, I can't remember. Pistol grips were sort of legal, but I well, you had you had, you had a bunch how... of features, and you could you could have a rifle with less than certain number of features, yeah. and that's why you end up with these really skeletonized ARs or ARs that are. ARs, yeah. but the magazine it's is well in place. It's a really interesting thing to study, yeah. even though it was pointless <clears throat> and ridiculous. And very sad so, to see all those Olympic arms, yeah. uh, Colt Commando ripoffs that had been skeletonized within an inch of their life. Just yeah. tragic. So I had, a, I actually have a, um, it's called a Norinco Hunter, and it was an AK-47 given a longer barrel, given hunting rifle sights, and being given a, 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 a traditional rifle stock. So it looks sort of like a hunting rifle, but it's it's an AK with a, with a milled receiver and everything. Um, it's a really cool rifle, but it was one of those guns that was built before Bill Clinton actually, as I understand it, used an executive order to ban the import of Norinkos. Um, it was one of the ones that they they made for imported into the U.S. commercial market to get around those those rules. But um, it is interesting that that ban died. Uh, it sunsetted in 2004. They didn't have the votes to keep it going. Um, and, and one of the reasons I think that they didn't have the votes to keep it going was the Democrats had controlled the House for like decades until 1994 when they passed the AWB. And there was such a blowback that um, it cost so it costed many seats. so many seats. It was such a bloody uh, Pyrrhic victory for them that they lost the House and they, it did they only just recently regain it? I, I can't recent, remember. Yeah. Now I will so, say so that so they all remember this. If if they know their history, if they're not like an AOC, I'm going to assume AOC doesn't know any history. She doesn't. Maybe that's maybe that's unfair. She uh, yeah. If you listen to her talk about camps, for example. Oh, but I will they were say wonderful places. She loved going to camp oh, no. as a child. Uh, no. Um, no <laughs> but, but one of the things that's really interesting is even if even if they don't remember the history, the number of new gun owners. Yes. In the year 2020, the number of Democrat-registered new gun owners in 2020 is an astonishingly high number. That's why it kind of fascinates me that Biden is still tweeting about gun control. 
of yes. all the years to push gun control in your presidential campaign, this is a very awkward one. Yes. And I'm, I'm shocked that it's still in there. And I think it's only still in his, his platform and a major part of his push because there is so much progressivism in the new media and, and the young folks in the old media right. that are just saying that this has to happen, this has to happen. And they're completely out of touch with the fact that millions upon millions of Democrats bought guns this year because they knew that they could no longer depend on police, whether the police get defunded or not. They can no longer depend on uh, police officers to protect them from stuff that was happening right. in their neighborhoods. Yeah. And um, people know that. The, the, the question to why do you need a 30-round magazine has been answered over and over and over again and why uh, on CNN uh, yes. this year. So, yeah. yeah. And so I'm... You know, do I expect a fight? You know, if Biden gets in, yes, we should all absolutely expect a political fight over gun laws and gun rights. And we should expect casualties. But at the same time, I look at his platform and it's more, it's like a Dianne Feinstein level um, bill. And yes. they have failed to get anything remotely close to that aggressive through any time recently. And so I'm not too worried. I mean, even if they took, if they if they totally swept the whole government, we would we would have a very big hard fight on our hands. Um, but at the same time, we can point back to 1994 and say, remember, if you if you do a bad, there will be consequences. And do you really want to throw your career away for Joe Biden's gun control plan? And here's a very interesting thing to point out to people: like, if Trump is not in the White House, do you know where Trump will be? I'm not sure exactly, but he will be in the wings. He will be creating uh, trouble for everybody, and he will be promising a return in 2024. And I think that that will be <laughs> hilarious to watch if that is uh, if that's where he is for the next four years. Uh, that's going to be that's going to be a monkey wrench. <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one, one nice thing is if Biden wins. I mean, the memes are just going to write themselves. Oh my goodness, the memes. Yes, the memes are already pretty classic. So, um, the gap. too many good shows on Netflix for people to start a civil war. Um, I mean, this is this is <laughs> a major major issue um, that governments have used in the past. In in ancient Rome, it was bread and circuses. Those were the mm -hmm. opiate of the masses to keep people keep people uh, from rising up against the government. Now, right. the good news is that. Um, the government shut down an awful lot of production of film and television, so maybe there's not enough good shows on Netflix anymore. Uh, I don't think yeah. there were, but we will see. Um, ton of ton of different things. Trump is going to live until he's 200. Hey, I have to say I was super impressed. The last sprint where he was doing rally after yeah. rally after rally, it's kind of amazing. And just knocking him back like a series of cold ones. <sighs> And the number of people that showed up. So I, I'm conflicted on this whole this whole vote count. Obviously, I trust the vote counters about as far as I can throw them. But what's interesting is I actually feel like the numbers that we're getting are somewhat believable. Because on the one hand, we have Donald Trump winning the support of huge swaths of America. And when he does rallies, tens of thousands of people show up. He does rallies night after night after night, and tens of thousands of people show up. But at the same time, on the other side, even though Joe Biden is as boring as a box of super boring things. Retarded hammers? I was not going to use that word because you get canceled. And Kamala Harris is just like fingers on a chalkboard. No one is excited about voting for those people. But bear in mind that the mainstream media that most people watch have been saying that Donald Trump is a Russian spy, an idiot, the worst president we've ever had a racist, 
a misogynist, a xenophobe, literally Hitler for years and years now. And so the fact that people are willing to vote against Donald Trump and actually believe the line that Donald Trump is a national emergency or a crisis of democracy or a blight upon America, there's enough people who believe that to get out and vote, even for somebody like Joe Biden. So I actually, the numbers don't look to me like they are necessarily that far off from what the American people believe even though I don't believe that the numbers are in fact representative of what the American people believe. Um, I would love to know though, I would love to have some honest numbers just for curiosity's sake yeah. to know where the dividing line is. Cause the dividing line is getting more and more divisive all the yeah. time. There's people on here asking about uh, civil war and I've seen so many people dis discussing this and asking about this uh, on the internet. Um, I think a lot of people tend to think, like the question that someone asked was, you know, will it just be as simple as Republicans versus Democrats? And I think the answer is no. Um, and I think the answer is not, we'll have basically American Civil War 2.0. Like, I think a lot of people tend to think of the civil, you know, a future Civil War as basically the last Civil War. And in the last Civil War, we had this really crisp demarcation line with the Mason-Dixon line. It wasn't that crisp. Yeah, you had especially like here Tennessee in Tennessee, and, there was fighting within parts of there, Tennessee. There was huge amounts. So, but it was it was comparatively crisp yeah. uh, along the Mason-Dixon line, and the reason for that was there were these policies about which states could be slave states and which ones could be added to the Union as slave states or not, and we had these two different economies, broadly speaking, the North and the South. So there was a there reason, were geographic there were separated. geographic and economic and legal reasons why this. You know, below this line, everyone more or less took took this position, and above this line, more or less everyone was in this other position. And regardless of the moralities of things, the Confederate states did an excellent job of creating their own government, their own governing documents, having their own elected people, so that you had a pretty good idea of what you were dealing with with the Confederacy compared to just like random boog boys out there. Well, so one of the other things is when what they did do. I'm not sure I go so far as to say they did an excellent job, but. They what did they did do is it was based off the state government. So much of the power was still held at the state level at that time mm -hmm. um, that basically you had a bunch of states say, that's it, we're going to go do our own thing now. And all they had to replicate was basically their Washington, D.C. experience. And this may be a little bit of an overstatement. Yeah, um, it's, I think it's fair generalization. Yeah. But, you know, it's like if a bunch of Chick-fil-A franchises rebelled against the mothership and <laughs> went and created their own uh, other thing. <laughs> That, you know, like, yeah. if, if the stores were owned by, I don't know how that's set up. I don't know why. Even it's 50-50, but carry on. You know, but, you know, like, they would just go do their own thing. You know, they're, they can function as, as an entity on their own. Um, like, I don't think that's what would happen in, a, in, a, in another American Civil War because the lines of demarcation are not that clear. When you look at a county election map, you have this pretty clear demarcation, red versus blue, being rural areas red, cities being blue. And this throws a massive monkey wrench in any ability, I think, to actually predict where the lines would be drawn. Um, but I think what we can probably safely say is it would more closely follow something like the English Civil War or, <coughs> or, you know, or the, the, the war in Ireland that went on for decades and decades and decades yeah, and decades. Yeah, I was going to point out, there's been a lot of civil wars in history to look at. Right. And they're never particularly clean, but... Yeah, I, I mean, in many ways, stuff that you're seeing happening in Portland right now looks yeah. like stuff that was happening in Belfast not that long ago. It's not as organized as Belfast. It's not quite as brutal as, as what we saw in Belfast. 
yet, but that's the kind of civil war that, um, that I think we're talking about when we talk about the possibility of something happening in 2021, 20, yeah. 2022. It's not going to look like the 1860s. Yeah. So it may look like the 1960s in a bunch of different parts of the world. Yeah. So the you know, like, because it was these whole government entities going off and forming their own thing, um, basically they had all the apparatus of a state, and so it was nation-state actor fighting nation-state actor with, broadly speaking, conventional forces and on a roughly level playing field. You know, it was not, it was not the U.S. military versus um, the Vietnamese. It was the Viet Cong. It was, you know, tr traditional military units versus traditional military units, and then uh, irregulars on both sides as well. Whereas anything that would come up at this point, I think, would be very much on the more irregular side yes. of the spectrum. Uh, a lot of terrorism. I actually just got off um, a phone call. Um, I need to figure out how much to, how much to sanitize and how much I don't need to. But basically, a business got a call. <clears throat> there was a business that was supplying certain things to law enforcement. And this was in the Portland area. And um, through a Freedom of Information Act request, Antifa discovered who the supplier of these products were. And the guy owning this business got a call from, from the state police and the FBI saying, uh, just so you know, you should expect Antifa to come burn your business down. Sorry, there's really nothing we can do to stop you because it could just sort of happen whenever. And um, at this point, that, that guy's planning to relocate his business is what I heard. Um, so like glad. that's more the sort of thing that could happen where yeah. it's not conventional military action. It's totally in the realm of terrorism. It, the goal is silencing everyone that's on the side of the system. And, and it ties really well to identity politics. Yeah, it does. Because instead of, at that point, if you are the aggressor, if you are the terrorist, if you are the one that's just trying to silence people, you're not trying to build anything, you're just trying to destroy, which is super easy. Um, if you want to build stuff, then you have to have ideas and coalitions that allow you to unify with people. If you want to destroy, you don't need that. All you need is a way to unify your enemy under a label. Right. And then get a couple of people that like your ideas to come along and help you throw the bricks. Right. And to be the ones that throw the Molotov cocktails because that's really dangerous. Throwing Molotov cocktails is a good way to set yourself on fire. If you don't know what you're, you're an doing. Antifa guy. Yes. Uh, you're, that's what I was going for. So the organizers send the people out with the Molotov cocktails and rudimentary instructions on how to not self-immolate. But, uh, but yeah, yeah but so I think that's what is the most probable um, type of violence on the horizon is a lot more of kind of what we've seen. But if we look at basically communist terrorism in other countries historically, it does get fairly organized um, in small cells. And they, they do tend to hit people with intentionality and with, I would say, increasing lethality. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So right now they're just, they're just shy of, let's go kill people. Um, but burn buildings down, totally cool with that. Cars, cool. Um, that's that's where the current quite, level is, yeah. They haven't quite, you know, just wholesale crossed that line, and I'm I'm hopeful we never cross that line. Um, but that's just logically and historically that's the next line to be crossed, as yeah. I see it. Yes, well, that's an excellent and upbeat place to end the podcast uh, right. or the live stream. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're watching it live. We are actually reading your questions. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, then you know how to find the podcast. Um, 
If you're listening to it on YouTube and you want this to be a podcast, it already is, and you can find it on Stitcher and Google Play and all that sort of thing. Also sign up for our newsletter. Um, as there continues to be uh, censorship on different social media platforms, uh, we're going to be here as long as we can, but go sign up to our newsletter because that's something that we actually control. Um, it's not living on somebody else's server. That's something that we can actually use to get in touch with these guys after the YouTube channel goes away. Uh, or the Instagram goes away, or the Twitter goes away. Um, so head over to the website, trex-arms.com, and you will um, see a little newsletter sign-up thing. So that would be great. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say, though, um, I don't want to end it on such a doer <laughs> note. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm incredibly hopeful. I, I and, and I say that in spite of the difficulties that are coming. Regardless of who's in office, there are going to be people with very... Um, with very bad character doing very bad things. That is going to happen. And the opportunity uh, exists for people of good character to do good things. Um, that means resisting bad things, but it also means fixing things and building things. Um, someone says here, if you don't buy into identity politics, you'll end up on the battlefield alone. I completely disagree. I completely disagree. The purpose of identity politics is not to unify, but divide people up into smaller and smaller groups uh, of victims. You need to adhere to an idea that is bigger than yourself. You need to find your identity in ideas that are bigger than yourself or bigger than things that, that define physical aspects of yourself. Um, that is what actually unifies people so that they can show up on a battlefield with allies. Um, allies that they know that they can depend on. That's the other problem with identity politics is the definitions keep changing. So if you are this particular uh, type of identity, that could change tomorrow. Uh, your, your identity group could be split in half, and now you are the mortal enemies of half of who used to be your diehard identity allies, um, just based on a whim, based on something that... Uh, the uh, the dictionary dictionary.com changed because of something that that was uh, the Merriam-Webster. Merriam, sorry, dictionary.com is not much better. But yeah, Merriam-Webster will just change things and make them hideously offensive just because someone that they don't like said them literally the day before. Um, that is an incredibly problematic thing. But we can push against that and push back on that by having standards that we can articulate and standards that don't change. Uh, Luckstar asked um, about an LPVO, and someone just said $300 for primary arms. That is the answer you are looking for as far as I'm aware and as far as I'm concerned. Best so. LPVO under $300 is yes. primary arms. They have a one to six that I have one of, and I like it. Very I haven't good. shot with it a ton, but I do like it. And we're trying to answer questions, at least a little. Yeah. Uh, well, we answered some questions, so that was at least a practical and helpful one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Any updates on ATF on air pistolas? There will be no updates. Uh, the update on that the for update a little is, while. Right. I'm thinking about getting a uh, a waffle iron and putting the letters ATF on the top because the one thing that I've learned from watching the ATF over the last number of years is um, they must all eat waffles for breakfast. It must be the food of champions at their department because they vacillate so wildly and they'll go they'll yes. go over here and then they'll go over here. I mean, the whole thing with the honey badger is kind of awesome. They, they send a cease and desist and then they send a 60 day stay on that cease and desist. It's like they can't, they don't know, they can't make up their minds. 
It's I mean, a super complicated thing to do. Is your waffle iron going to make dog-shaped waffles for the ATF? So I actually saw, I made this comment in, in the last live stream, I think it was, and I came in here, one of the employees had, had heard my comments, and he'd gotten a dinosaur waffle maker. <laughs> well, that is very appropriate for us, but a dog-shaped waffle iron would be much more appropriate for the ATF. For the ATF. Yes. Um, there's a bunch of people asking so, about uh, InfoSec stuff. So I'm I was looking for a podcast my, here that I want to recommend. My hunch with the ATF is... Um, they threw some stuff out there thinking that all the, the Hunter Biden laptop stuff would be a smokescreen. Um, it's like government departments love to release stuff on a Friday if they want it to get lost because, you know, late on Friday, all the news people are going home for the weekend and, you know, it'll just get lost. And, you know, uh, Obama had this thing I called the scandal fog. He just had so many scandals constantly going that like a new one would come up and be like, oh, it's gone. There's a new one to take its place. Yeah. Um, I think they were a very interesting point. So they thought that the scandal, the Hunter Biden scandal, would be a smokescreen to cover so. the brace thing. And then that scandal was squashed and hidden by the media. And so tons <laughs> of people actually ended up talking about the pistol so, brace. I, I, or maybe maybe the, maybe they picked the wrong <laughs> scandal to, to sneak it in under. But yeah. you know, I think that they were trying to roll something out when no one would notice because of the election and stuff that didn't really work. Um, I think that they're totally going to wait and see. This is just my hunch. I don't know that they're just going to kind of wait and see what happens with the uh, presidential election. I mean, maybe maybe they'll get a director for a change. That would be such a step up for them as an organization. It would be a change for sure. Uh, yeah. So um, a couple of people asking about recommendations for a yep. privacy, security, and OSINT podcast. I recommend the privacy, security, and OSINT podcast by... Michael Basil. Um, I haven't heard a ton of this podcast. It goes way back, but he seems like a good mix of practical and uh, and in depth, and has a lot of experience. So I would I would recommend that you go start listening to some of those things. I would recommend that you subscribe to this particular show, T Rex Talk, uh, yeah. on your podcast app, and yeah. we'll be back next week. Yeah. Do you think there will be election results next week? So I think the recounts. So the first round of recounts. We'll, we'll be coming started. in. We're, we're, uh, by this time next week, we'll be in underway, would be my guess. With um, the first round of recaps. Someone just said, like, oh, but Biden will use the ATF to ram down um, gun control through the ATF. And it's like, well, if he does, like, that actually didn't really happen under um, Obama. It was the Obama administration ATF, you know, that allowed bump stocks after multiple sets of reviews. If they do that, it actually will have been through the precedent that Trump set in telling them how, what rules to make. Um, yeah, which that'll is regrettable. be interesting. Now, the yeah. good news is that Trump gave us some judges who will hopefully help us fight that. Hopefully. We'll see if, 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 if any of them turn out to love waffles, too. We will find out soon enough. Donald Trump giveth, Donald Trump taketh away. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you yep. next week. Um, hopefully, we'll be talking about something else, but <laughs> yes. I kind of doubt it. I'm Have a great rest of your week. Yep, such as it is. Such as it is. <laughs>